Yeah. We can keep continuing this conversation. Nope. We were just talking about trailers, and he was talking about how he knows how to edit them, make them kind of deceptive. So we can continue on with that because I like where this is going. Well, I've edited a lot of uh, quite a few trailers, and that's frankly, I'm I'm a better trailer editor than I am a, a movie maker. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, a lot of people have said, "Wow, your trailers are really good. You know, they make your movies look really good." And then you go see the movie. You know, it, they look like bigger budget than they really are. But I try to edit them a bit deceptively. You know, you mm -hmm. you can cut to a reaction of somebody horrified, and then cut to something that actually wasn't happening in the movie, so that you know the surprise is still there for the people who come to the movie. So, mm -hmm. a lot of the, the bigger budget studios, man, some of those you. I sit in the theater. I'm like, I don't even have to see this movie now. You just showed me everything in the movie. It's crazy. Every freaking time, man. Like even when, um, so my wife and I had a goal to make, see as many horror movies in the theaters this year as we can. And like even when they show horror trailers in the theaters, I'm looking down. I'm on my phone. I'm not paying attention to it because I don't want to see it. I'm just like, oh. and I hate when they show it multiple times. You know, when you go go to the movies, the lights are still on. They're just throwing everything on. Then they show the same things about five or six times, and then they show the trailers again. I'm just like, come on, man. Yeah. And the other thing is, like, like, like you ever get like a Blu-ray or a DVD of a movie you've never seen, and the menu just rolls through scenes in the movie you're about to. It's like, dude, I haven't seen. I, I get yeah. it if you know if I bought this because I saw the movie already, but I haven't seen it, so I don't want yes. the menu to show me everything that's happening. Don't, no, please don't do that. Please. <laughs> but physical don't. media, I don't know. A lot of people are. I guess not a lot of people are getting that buying it anymore, even though I still. That's, I love physical thing. media. Yeah. I love physical media just for the simple fact that, I mean, with the streaming, any day it can be taken down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it any disappears. And then you're like, uh, where's that? And now it's pay only somewhere. And you're like, well, if you just bought the Blu-ray or the DVD a while back, you it's there. Watch it anytime you want. <laughs> I do, now, I have like a love-hate relationship with the streaming because it's very, very convenient. Such if you're traveling. I mean, anytime you want to watch a movie, if it's on your streaming thing, you don't have to pull your Blu-rays or DVDs out and all that stuff. But still, again, like we were just saying, like once it's gone, it's like, oh, I got to go back to the old school ways of pulling the Blu-rays and DVDs out. Yep. <laughs> it's funny calling that the old school ways. But again, because of streaming, it's. <laughs> well, you look at, you look like a pretty young guy. How old are you? 37. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody's young to me nowadays. So <laughs> everybody. But, but I got I got to, you know, see the, the VHS era and the cassette tape era and all that stuff. And it really enjoyed it. And the video stores and all that. I freaking, I freaking miss those so, so much. Video yeah, me stores. Too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Fridays, as long as you were good all week for the most part, Fridays, you go get the movie or game, you rent that for the weekend, and get some pizza and snacks, and just have a great weekend. Yeah, except you get to that new release rack, and there'd be everything be missing that you want. You're like, damn yeah. it, I wanted this movie, and yeah. every copy's gone. <laughs> yep, so you just go back to the horror section. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're going to get a horror movie anyway, and you're just like, all right. Yeah, let me let me check out this. I've never Let's seen seeing all those great covers, boy. All the cover arts, uh, that was phenomenal. So that's one big thing I miss about physical media is like the cover art. They really, really tried. Like even nowadays with the Blu-rays and DVDs, you actually do get some really cool ones. But it's not like back in the day where everybody tried to just make their cover stand out, and that it, it kind of sucks. Mm -hmm. It kind of sucks in a sense because it's like, damn, are you go to buy this physical media. Yes, it has all the all the features you want, but it's like, make the cover look cool instead of like every other freaking cover here. Just with the movie closer and it's gonna get even worse now with AI. Every every cover is gonna be AI generated pretty soon, and they all sort oh. of look the same. Like you can look at something and go, "Oh yeah, that was AI generated." Well, we're gonna see a lot of that, I think, pretty soon. That's because it's be cheaper for the studios, and that's what they're all about. That's gonna be disgusting. That's gonna. I hope that hurts the studios. I really, I really do too. Do. Yeah, because that's just gonna be disgusting, man. Nope. I didn't even introduce this episode, <laughs> but how's it going, people? Welcome to an episode of Horror with Sir Sturdy. I got Kevin Kangas with me, and we're going to talk a little territory and talk about just what he does in general, directing and all this other awesome stuff, which this is a really cool anthology, by the way. Nice. My favorite one was The Last Story, The Clown Thing, just because of how creepy and violent it was. I was like, oh, man. The Midnight and Clown? <laughs> found footage at that. I, I, I'm a sucker for found footage, especially if it's done right, and I really feel like you did a really good job with this. I was scared of that. Like, I don't know if you saw... Well, I guess you didn't because you watched the streaming. Basically, uh, in the making of, I put how how territory sort of came about, Ooh. and that was the last segment I filmed was the Midnight Clown. Um, I I was only supposed to film one segment of this thing when I was brought in. Um, it wasn't my idea essentially. I was invited by the filmmakers who came up with the idea of the territory, oh. and I had originally said no, I can't do it. It was Mark Wanger, uh, Dan Duran, um, and maybe one other guy who sort of just backed out of the whole thing. But uh, the Midnight Clown. At that point, they needed another segment. Every all the other filmmakers that they thought were going to do something had basically waffled on it. So uh, at that point, I had seen the the stories about 
know if you remember the news stories about like people were like driving down the road and there'd be like clowns just like mm-hmm. waving at them or like inside a cemetery like waving at them. And I was like, that shit is creepy. And I was like, well, I, I am known as the clown guy since, you know, fear of clowns and all. So I was like, I guess this would be, you know, on brand for me. So that's when I, I came up with the whole midnight clown idea. And uh, I was really glad I did because that you haven't seen Territory 2 yet. But Not basically yet. The, the midnight clown was where I sort of came up with the idea of you'll, you'll see in Territory 2 that I start to solidify sort of the legend and how the territory works and basically how every creature in the territory sort of has to follow a set of rules. Like the Midnight Clown's rule is that he has to let one go. Uh, he has to. So there's nothing he can, if he doesn't, bad stuff happens to him. So essentially yeah. the, the, that's it. it's a rule. You know, we don't go into that, but that's where I started fleshing it out. I was like, wait a minute, if every one of these people or, or these creatures in the territory has something that restrains them or they can be beaten by these rules, then that gives people who wander into the territory a way to get to get out of it. You know, so if you know the rules, for instance, and one of the guys actually tell, talks about a story about somebody who knew the rules, went to the Midnight Clowns territory to visit him by herself, knowing that he can't do anything to you. If you're by yourself and there's nobody else around. Yeah, she gave him the finger and walked away and there was nothing he could do about it because he has to let one go. Mm-hmm. So he had to let her go. So. Um, that's that was the midnight clown was actually really uh, a cool thing, but I waffled on whether I was going to do a found footage or not because I knew found footage would look you know it always looks a bit uglier you know you have to shoot it with the the grainier kind of stuff and then it's shaking mm-hmm. and I thought this would look really good like on the actual cameras we shoot on you know whether it's the DSLRs or the Reds or whatever this would look really good if we shot it with a real yeah. camera. So, but in the end, I said I got to I got to I got to stay faithful to the found footage and we did that. But which I was glad territory too. I brought the midnight clown back. And we shot him with the DSLR and everything. And oh, so nice. I actually got, you know, the pretty images in the nice. second one. So I'm definitely going to check that out. Me and the wife are actually just talking about that. She enjoyed it too. Thanks. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a lot, it's a lot stronger. I, I do the entire second movie. Like the first movie, I didn't direct the uh the prowler segment, mm-hmm. which is about the guy killing everybody at the camp when they're shooting a video thing and they put some mat he basically cuts the guy's face off and puts it on. Yep. I didn't do that, and I didn't do the drone collector. Uh, Mark did the Prowler. Dan Duran did uh, the uh, the Drone Collector segment. Okay. And then the second movie, I, I just basically took over and said, "I'm going to do all these segments and the whole wrap around." And that's when I started really building the mythology of the thing. And I, you know, I told them I was like, "Why don't I do two? You guys go off and do three. And that was what we were going to sort of plan on doing. But they they just never got around to three at that point. So. So does this mean you're going to make three? I had planned to, and I wrote the script. Actually, last year I tried to get it off the ground, but the problem is I need. You know the you know the wraparound uh, with the the goats creature and basically the guy and the girl who are in the house with and the dolls. Mm-hmm. Well, that main girl, she, she is a crucial part of the story in the third one, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, because you know at the very end when she wakes up and you're just like, oh, it's all a dream, and it was a funny yeah. kind of way to end the thing. You'll find out it's actually more than that. It all ties oh. into what goes on in two. <clears throat> comes around but i she just disappeared like i i have her phone number i called it's still her answer machine but she didn't call back in her social media she disappeared like in 2019 so i'm like oh shoot i, I don't know what happened whether she just got out of acting or whether something bad happened. i don't know but so that I, I i'm not willing to recast i don't i don't like that sort of back to the future okay. nonsense I was just about to ask you about that, but you answered that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I want to do it. I mean, I, the script is completely done and I'm very happy with it. I, uh, it really wraps the whole storyline up. And, you know, at the end of Territory, you know, there's actually a poster you can see online of Territory 3 that I had uh, commissioned that uh, oh, dropped some of the stuff. It's pretty cool looking. Oh, my gosh. That's, I hope you get in contact with her and she's willing <laughs> to do the third one because would be nice. <laughs> we need, we need this. <laughs> I feel like we need this. <laughs> How long have you been into uh, filmmaking? Oh, wow. Well, you, you mentioned earlier, my first film did come out on VHS. So uh, that's how old, you know, Hunting Humans came out on VHS. It was released in 2002. We shot it in 99, but we actually shot that on 16 millimeter film. That's awesome. So that was the only movie I ever actually shot on film. But I mean, I went to, to school. I've been a writer for longer than anything. So I've always been, I've been writing since I was like 12. But um eventually i was like you know what the only real way to get any of these things made is to just go do it myself and that's when i you know i went out and did hunting humans i was in 99 um and then uh after that you know we got picked up by a distributor uh we made enough money to, for our budget which was unheard of for first movies you know like my producer's rep kept saying 
you're gonna, you know, you're gonna make more money on this from, you know, we, we got a distri distributor, MTI home entertainment, who was pretty big and got it into the blockbusters and Hollywood videos and stuff. Um, and then my second movie, you know, that's when I was like, I'm going to go distributor bait. I'm going to really go and try to get a big distributor to pick this up. Back then, it was uh, I was like looking at Anchor Bay because they were one of the biggest horror. I don't know if you mm -hmm. remember Anchor Bay, but they were one of the biggest distributor back then. And when I got done, I, I even told my producer's rep, I was like, listen, I want Anchor Bay or I want Lionsgate or I'm not interested. And uh, they ended up getting me Lionsgate. So um, wow. that, was a, that was a massive thing. And like, every blockbuster in Hollywood video around here had 20 to 30 copies of my movie, which was nuts. So how did there. that feel like that has to be just an amazing feeling. Was it, there any it, nervousness with that, too, though? Yeah, because I don't like that movie at all. So, I mean, <laughs> like, I don't want to disparage it because it does have a lot of fans. I, I run into a lot of people who like it a lot. But when I finished that, I remember when I finished that movie, I had like a three hour cut of it. And mm. it was so boring. Like, I just I, I was I got really depressed and I was even reaching out to friends of mine showing it, giving them copies and saying, can you figure out any way? Because I was so used to rescuing things in the editing room. I thought I could rescue that movie when we got done. And I, I just couldn't. It was just too slow. Things didn't make sense. And then by the end, I actually had this uh, this part. You, you've never seen Fear Clowns? Not yet. Like all of these are available for free on Tubi. So you can go watch I'm them all for free on Tubi. All you got to do is look at my name. Don't but um, I, I don't know if I'd recommend Fear Clowns, though. It's up to you. Uh, women seem to like it more because it's actually more of a suspense movie than it is a horror movie. Okay. You know, there's only like four or five kills in it. Uh, Fear Clowns 2 was my apology for Fear Clowns 1 to the horror crowd because I kill like 19 or 20 people. Uh, I actually have a woman, naked woman, get cut in half by my clown. So I predated the Terrifier guys who cut, you know, they cut that naked woman in half in their movie. Mm -hmm. They do it better because they had more money, but, but we did it first. But uh... awesome. so I, I have, so now I have to watch both of those because I've, I can't watch second part two without part one. <laughs> I tried to sum it up in the opening credits, like kind of like Amazing Spider-Man when they sort of showed you like frames from the first movie to kind of say, this is what happened in the first movie. That's what mm -hmm. I do in the second movie to try to set it up like, so you don't have to watch the first, but people try to, if you get bored, just start fast forwarding. The last half hour of Fear of Clowns is pretty good. So that's where <laughs> the movie actually became the movie I set out to make, you know, the last half hour. Mm -hmm. Once they get to a movie theater, you know, the entire, that last half hour of that movie is shot in a movie theater. So uh, that was pretty cool. But um, the problem is after that, I, the feeling of seeing all the movies on the shelf, my wife came home. She'd been going around. I, I always I'm a night owl. So I sleep till one or two if, if I'm if I'm allowed, because I don't go to bed till like six or seven in the morning. But uh, she came home and she had gone around to some of the local blockbusters and how to taking pictures of the shelves. And she's like, look, look how many copies they got. And I was like, I mean, it was really, really surreal. The you know, that but it, it, it had a lot of people coming out. There were a lot of local filmmakers coming out of the work trying to basically get my contacts. They were like, you know, where's your, can I get your Lionsgate contact? How'd you get your movie there? You know, and, and that, that became a big thing because, you know, it's, mm -hmm. you can't tell everybody all of your contacts because then you're, you know, your producer's rep's going to drop you because he's like, stop giving my number out. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. I love your honesty with that. They were like, but the movies you don't like that you were part of, it's just like, don't. You don't have to watch that. Oh, believe me, I am overly honest. So, I, <laughs> so some people like me, some people don't, but I am exceptionally honest about everything. Do you have a favorite out of all your films? Uh, that People ask me that all the time, and it's really – do you have any kids? Stepkids, but I can know exactly where you're going at. Are you picking favorite kids and all that? Exactly. See, that's the hard – that's the thing. Like, you, you know, you like, you like them – certain things about certain ones of them for a mm -hmm. certain reason but others not so like hunting humans i think is i'm still exceptionally proud of hunting humans because at that point i barely knew what i was doing as far as a full feature film i was we had no money we only had eleven thousand dollars and we were shooting on film so i knew we weren't even gonna be able to finish the movie that was just enough to get the film uh we had like twenty nine thousand feet of film and shoot it but I had a, a DP, director of photography, I didn't know, had never worked with. Mm. So I, I was, you know, we're shooting film and it's not like you can go look at the film. It's not like today where you just instantly hit the play button and can watch what you do. You're shooting film. You're not going to see that for months. Yeah. So you could have just shot a, a big, it could just be leader. You could just be shooting a bunch of black film and then you're going to get that and be like, oh my God, I just wasted $11,000, you know? <laughs> so that was scary as crap. Um, but I'm very proud of that story. Other than like the ending, 
gets a little out of control because we I, I just ran out of money. I couldn't do the original ending that I had written was sort of like a John Woo action piece where the serial killers go at each other. I, I don't know if you know anything about hunting humans, but it's basically about a serial killer who discovers he's being hunted by another serial killer. Oh, and they sort of go to war against each other um, to find out which one's the best serial killer. Right. And by the way, this predates Dexter. So if you're going to ask me about, because that was the next thing, a lot of people are like, that sounds a lot like Dexter. And I've even been accused of ripping off Dexter when <laughs> my movie came out before Dexter, the book came out. So, um, but uh, the ending I ended up having to do was a lot simpler than that. And a little, it's a little Scooby-Doo-ish, uh, quite honestly. <laughs> there's, there's sort of a, like, this happens and then this happens. And then yeah. what, what about this? And so I, it, it makes me laugh sometimes, but I think this, the script is pretty strong uh, and actually won me an award. And Joe Bob Briggs <clears> gave <throat> me four out of four stars in a review, which nice. was like a dream come true. When, yeah, because I mean, I've been watching that guy since I was in high school. So when he uh, I got a review from him, I was like, oh, my God, that's crazy. That's, so, yeah, that's... the crazier part, though, was when my distributor came out and said, like, they kept submitting the movie to people. And then finally, MTI, MTI picked it up. And MTI, I have nothing bad to say about them other than this. They they didn't want to put Joe Bob's quotes on the box because they were like, uh, people will look at it like it's a B movie. And I'm like, it is a B movie. It's uh, oh what, what are we doing? Like the people who, who are going to watch this movie worship Joe Bob Briggs like I do. So why don't mm -hmm. you put that on the cover? But I could not get them to put that on the cover. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't understand that. Cause I mean, he had some amazing quotes. <laughs> it's, it's because they probably didn't know who he is really didn't understand it. Didn't care. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's just to me. I mean, but it I'm would, like, it would it would sell more units, so put it on there. <laughs> exactly, because it's going to target the certain fans. They're going to say, "Oh, Joe Bob Briggs, check this." Oh, now nah, I got to get this. Exactly. Yeah. Which also gets other horror fans that may not be a fan of Joe Bob or never watched his thing, but some of their friends, hey, you got to check this movie out. Yeah, that's why I'm actually trying. I, I've been trying for a while to get, you know, it's out of print now. Honey Humans is totally out of print. Mm -hmm. Um, the some of the DVDs I've seen going for like a hundred dollars because it's out of print. So I've been thinking about putting out, we're coming up to the 25th anniversary, if you can believe that. Wow. So I was thinking about putting out a, you know, blue, a new Blu-ray uh, uh, DVD thing. And I'm trying to get Joe Bob to do a commentary for it. But he's uh -oh. just so busy now with the whole Shutter revival. I've actually talked to him, you know, off and on over the years. Um, but I can, if, I can get, if I can get him, I, will, I would love to have that <laughs> as a new, uh, new supplement on the thing. New Joe Bob Briggs commentary. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. That would be, I hope it happens for you. I'll bad for because that'd Me be too. really, really, <laughs> really cool. It's like, oh wow, yeah, this is even, this is better than him, you know, with the on the cover. This is him actually talking about my movie in my movie. Exactly. That's, I mean, I I have bought movies just for his commentary on those movies. <laughs> so I get it. I yeah. get it. When you're a fan of that, and you're a fan of, <clears throat> now you were saying you started writing when you were about twelve. Was it horror or was it just writing in general? It was a combination. I used to, I used to read fantasy and horror and action stuff when I was young. Like I was reading so many different things. So mm -hmm. everything, you know, I started writing, you know, I'm, I'm still a big Agatha Christie fan. She's one of my all time favorite um, writers. So I, I started writing a lot of mysteries early on, but they, they, they went pretty dark and bloody at times. So they were like, mm -hmm. you know, just towing the, the line. Uh, and then, I, you know, I'd write some fantasy then I'd write some horror. Mm -hmm. um, and I was always at the same time, I was doing one of two things in school. You know, I was either in, in the boring classes. I was either writing short stories. I, I wrote hundreds of short stories in high school uh, and even middle school. Mm -hmm. Or I was drawing pictures of like my teachers either like decapitated or like <laughs> I remember I had one picture where like the teacher was like reaching forward, but half of his arm was missing and he had like arrows stuck all into it. Like, so I was just. I was either drawing really gory pictures or writing all these stories and stuff. So, and now I've, you know, I go back and laugh. at so they are so bad, so bad. <laughs> Is there any way of saving them? <laughs> no, 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 no. I've, I've pillaged some of the, if I, if there was like a good idea in there on occasion, I'll pull one out and be like, you know what? Nobody's ever going to see this terrible story. I can pull this out and, you know, use it in something else and, and make it better, you know, but yeah, some of it's just laughable. Some of them are like, you know, like mystery stories where somebody gets killed in school and I'm a character and my friends were characters and they said, Hey, we're just bad. <laughs> but I mean, at, at least you started at that age and tried at that age. You obviously didn't give up at it. You found a passion that you loved and just got, it just improved, got better and better and better over the years. And what's yeah. even, what's even better about that's how you can go back and laugh at your old stories <laughs> and movies and stuff versus like when you were first doing them, 
especially as a child. I'm not sure how you were as a kid, but maybe when you were 12 and someone's like, oh, these are terrible. And you're just going to get pissed off. And now you're just like, no. Well, I, I think I, I would have been demoralized. And that's the thing. Like, I was a very secretive kind of kid, a little bit okay. nuts. So I didn't tend to show my stories to many people, but I showed them to a couple people. Uh, one, like, uh, had a good friend named Eric. I showed his mom a story one time. She wanted to, she wanted to see it. And I don't remember, like, normally I would just tell people, no, 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 I don't show people my stories. But uh, I let her read it, and she was very encouraging, which was, you know, That's at that point, it's it's everything. If somebody reads something and, and seems to enjoy it, you're like, it gives you new energy. And all of a sudden, you've got a bit of confidence. And confidence is extremely point, uh, important in writing. Because I found if you have the confidence, you will write better. But if you start doubting yourself, you will actually write worse. So it really is a state of mind you have to get into that. You know, you're, you're, you're doing good work. You're doing something worthwhile. Um, but I, I had an English teacher also in sixth grade who, who read something of mine and really liked it. And at that point, you know, I really I was like, OK, I, can, I think I can maybe maybe do this. So I don't know that I'm I'm necessarily a good writer. I will never call myself a good writer, but I'm certainly not the worst writer at this, at this point. I've been doing it for so long. I'm, I'm a I'm adequate. I mean, <laughs> going by your, your story from territory. That that was just again. That was awesome, man. That nice. was awesome. Nice. I'm just. I didn't know where it was going, and it was. I like how it was the last story and the best story. And I like how another thing with the anthology, I like was what was going on in the house with the boyfriend and girlfriend throughout the whole thing. Little by little, you'd see things in the shadows and all that, which was another fun thing. I always enjoy when <clears throat> when anthologies will tell the well intertwine the storyteller with the with the film somehow or. One way or another, to kind of intertwine them and mix them in with with the thing, whether they die or not. And I love, right. I love when you guys do that. Their their original they had an original idea to do the wraparound in a different way. They were going to do sort of a almost like the filmmakers come out and like present an object from their segment, and then mm -hmm. cuts to the segment. And I just thought that's not it's not that interesting, you know. I mean, we could mm -hmm. throw in jokes and things like that and try it, but it just wasn't that interesting. I thought it'd be much more interesting to make the wraparound. Uh, a cohesive story that goes from here to there. So, and basically the, the segments are just there, you know, basically as people are watching it, we want them to get involved in the segments, but then we come back to the, the wraparound and I want them to be just as interested in what's going on there rather than just waiting. Okay. What do I have to sit through to wait, you know, until we get to the next segment. Yeah. So, and I think that worked out pretty well. A lot of people, you know, talked about how much they enjoyed the, that part, which is why the second movie is the opposite the the in the first movie the wraparound exists to support the segments in the sequel the segments exist to support the wraparound the wraparound is the most important part of the second movie Ooh. and one of the segments directly has to do with it i'm not going to blow it for you Ooh. but uh they basically exist to support that story um and i, I th honestly if if you ask me what my favorite movie is Territory 2 is probably my best movie because it's all of a sudden we had access to a few more things that made the movie look a little higher budget, you know, like I had a drone. So I've got some print and, and I didn't just use it as a drone, like flying a mile above a house looking down. I used it to do like some crane shots that I, you know, I, I used to have to, you know, in the first movie, I took a crane into the woods and you got to take like hundreds of pounds of counterweights to put on the other side. And you're dragging this a mile into the woods. It's a lot of work. Yeah. So uh, but with a drone, you just take a little drone, launch it, and then you can use it as a crane. You know, you just raise it very slowly while it's tilting down. And I mean, I got some really good looking shots in the movie that, you know, with the crane. So, mm -hmm. but I, I think uh, on the whole, the, the Territory 2 is probably my best movie. Territory. I'm down. Uh, I'm watching that soon. Like <laughs> within this weekend, I'm watching that one. I have. Nice. Yeah. Let me know what you think. This one was, this one, the first one, like I said, I love the last story. The other stories weren't bad either, but this one just stood out so freaking much. And the clown, the way he was, was funny slash creepy. Yeah, that's that's Fred Cowie. He's he's very good. <laughs> he played the Midnight Clown. He's a he's a very good actor. And the the crazy part is in the second movie, he had to shave his head. You know, basically every time he does this, he has to shave his head. So he mm -hmm. and he does it for me. You know, well he came out for the the part in the wraparound that he had to shoot, shaved his head and all. Well, in what there was another segment where I I was like I really need I want to get as many of the monsters as I can from the territory in this in this one segment. And uh, he's like, well, you want me to come out? And I was like, well, you'd have to shave your head again. And he's like, ah, there's no problem. I shaved his head again and came out for just like, I mean, he's literally on screen for like maybe two minutes in that segment. Wow. But he still came out to do it, man. That dude's a real trooper. I love him. So That's see, dedication and just yeah. 
someone that probably shares your passion too, like really oh, for sure. what they're doing. And again, that stuff like that is super important. Yeah, he, he acts in tons of stuff. I don't know if you know who Brad Twig is, but he I'm acts in a sure ton of Brad is. Twig stuff. Um, another guy named Jimmy online. I can't remember his last name, but yeah, I mean, he he acts in a ton. Just loves acting. So, see, and that's that's the type of energy you want. It's like, okay, oh, this yeah. guy's gonna be serious. He came in for a two minute scene, shaved his head because a lot of people aren't gonna do, aren't gonna <laughs> do that. No, a lot of extras won't even show up to you know for, <laughs> to be in the background. They'll be like they they're just dying for a part. And then, you know, when it's time to come out, they just don't even show up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <clears throat> if there was stuff close to me, horror, and you need me to be an extra, I'm hopping in. Why not? Where, where are you based at? What state? I'm in New York State, Albany, New York. Gotcha. Oh, that's, we, we brought Stormy Maya uh, down for Territory 2. She gets uh, naked in Territory 2. She's a very popular Instagram model. Nice. Uh, actress. She was in, she's been in some big movies like that Jennifer Lopez, like Hustle movie, Hustlers, I think it was called. She actually okay. has a she has a, a. She's the girl with the dog. I don't know if you saw that movie, but I'm she's not. got a. She got. She's one of Jennifer Lopez's like supporting friends who walks around, but she has a dog. The whole movie. It's pretty funny. But okay. She's very talented and uh, quite good looking. So, uh, <laughs> putting her in the movie naked didn't hurt. Never, never, <laughs> never does, man. Never ever does. Right. <laughs> Blood, guts, and boobs is what we love in our slasher type horror movies, that gory stuff. Yep. And it's been. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's been ingrained in us since the slashers from the 80s. So it's like, this is what they, we... they say it's the three, three B's, the blood, boobs, and beasts. Yeah, <laughs> that too, that too. Yep. And that's actually what I was introduced to with horror is the slasher genre around about five years old, which I guess was appropriate back then. <laughs> but the, the funny thing was with that, so I'd watch it with like my older brother, my older cousins. The nude scenes cover your eyes. Everything else was perfectly fine. Looking back at that as an adult, I'm like, I shouldn't cover my eyes for the for the kill scenes as well, but I'm glad I wasn't forced to because it really just drove that passion. Yeah, I, I think I, we, we, we must have the same them. parents because I say they're like you know nudity, no, but yeah, all these people are going to get their heads cut off. That's fine. Like, what? <coughs> where, where's the logic there? Yeah, well, with, <laughs> so so with me with my with um when I'm watching my brother and all them, my cousins, wherever whoever's house we were at, it was we were at my mom's or one of my aunts. Aaron, you know, you're supposed to be watching these with us, but we're going to let you. Now, listen, do not wake up mom or aunt so-and-so because, you listen, it was the early 90s. You already know what's going to happen, people. And it wasn't going to be pretty for any of us, including myself, <laughs> going upstairs, waking up my mom or my aunt crying because I'm scared of a movie I wasn't supposed to be watching. And we all getting, yeah, that's not going to be good. <laughs> so we'd, we'd all camp out in the living room and watch those movies. <laughs> and there'll be times I'd be so scared I'd have to use the bathroom, have them walk into the bathroom, come back. But I always came back. And it's all whatever it was about those movies like that scared the hell out of me as a kid, but still had me glued to the screen. I'm glad that I stuck to it instead of being like too scared. And then just, you know, what I mean, just like, I can't do this. I'm too scared because it's just it's such a passion. And it's such a beautiful, freaking awesome art that can literally my favorite genre. And the reason why is it can literally go in any direction. You may not like any direction it goes in, but it can go in any direction as far as you can have romance, comedy, action, like whatever you want with horror. And in a weird way, you can make it make sense as long as the story is good enough. You can make it make sense and tie it in and make it a good movie. I don't think you could do that with any other genre. I really no. Don't. And that's the other thing. Even even if they have bad stories, like at least you know there's there's going to be nudity coming up. You can see some mm -hmm. some boobies, or there'll be some really cool kills. You know, interesting mm -hmm. kills, especially if like Tom Savini's involved. You oh know, so gosh. I mean, one or the other. But you know, if you're watching like a like a bad romance movie. You got nothing to look forward to. It's just a bad script, and you're like, okay, this is this is just going to be suckage for two hours. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And on top of that, it's like two hours versus like a, right. a hour and twelve minute bad horrible horror movie that's right. fun. He's like, oh my gosh, you guys got to go see this movie. It, I hated it, or not? I hated it. It's so bad, it's good. Those are the freaking most fun. When they're so bad, they're good. Like, fine. <laughs> you ever see a movie called Thanks Killing? Thanks, Killer. I think I think I did. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm getting confused now because I just saw that Eli Roth is coming out with something that. Uh, did you oh, see this. That yeah, I seen that. I want to see that, but this one, yeah. this one is a uh, about a killer turkey, and it is just. I think I did. I think I did see that a long time ago. Yeah, I love it. It's so <laughs> ridiculous, but I just freaking like I watch it every the week of Thanksgiving. I call that week Thanksgiving. I watch that <laughs> one in part three every Tuesday on Thanksgiving now, or the week of. Sorry, that Tuesday. It you just, watch one and three is two really bad or what? There is no part two. Part There's three, no they're two? searching for part three. They're searching for part two. <laughs> it's so no, ridiculously 
bad and hilarious. The first one's definitely better, of course, yeah. but it's just one of those ones where I'm just like, I love this. It's so bad, cheesy, ridiculous, makes zero sense. But I like when filmmakers at that like at certain, <coughs> at certain levels, they're like, all right, this is what we can afford. This is what we can do. Let's not try to go overboard with it. And they did that, and it just for me it worked. My wife hated it, but that's yeah that's that's i think that's just how wise are my wife she doesn't watch any of the, the bad schlocky horror yeah. movies you know sometimes i can get her to watch the bigger budget ones that are you know have more appeal but mm-hmm. uh, she won't but uh but i remind did you ever see something called carousel it's carousel yes. that's carousel. funny as crap. So that surprised me by how like that is campy and goofy and ridiculous yep. but man i was laughing out loud at that yep. one <laughs> that one um zombievers there's just zombievers yeah blood there's... diner did you see blood diner i didn't see that one Oh, you should look that one up. That's a lot of fun. Evil Bong. I've seen a few of those. I just, oh man, I just, sometimes I just get on one of those days where you just go on Tubi and just press play and just let it keep going. <laughs> I know how it is. And then, and then you run into territory and there you go. You got another sloppy movie. But this one, this one's enjoyable though. This one's enjoyable. Thanks. But no, but you're, but no, you're right though. Like you get movies like this. Like I hope people come across this movie and the, and the sequel just hit and play on Tubi and then you're like, Oh, whoa, what the hell is this? Oh, this well, I mean, this- a lot of people have seen it. It was uh, when Territory first debuted, it was on Amazon Prime. And uh, in October of 2016, we were one of the top 50 movies on Amazon Prime, period, including like gigantic movies. Like I used to actually take pictures and put them online as it went up the list. It was literally in the top 10 of all horror movies right next to like Tremors and Interview with a Vampire and like all these massive movies. Mm-hmm. You know, t- tr- Territory One cost us less than ten thousand dollars, tiny budget. Wow! So uh, to see that tiny ten thousand dollar movie up with all those big movies was pretty amazing. That that many people were watching it. Amazon even gave us a bonus uh, yeah. when when we when we were, were one of the top fifty movies. So it was it was pretty great. So. That's that's something to be proud of, man. That's congrats oh, yeah. on that. That's amazing. Thanks. Congrats on that for sure. For yeah, sure. we were we were very uh, very surprised, happily surprised. <laughs> Hey, you guys did. You guys did. To me, you guys did a great job. Thanks. <clears throat> to me, you guys did a great job. And again, I I can't wait to see the sequel. I can't wait to see more of your work. And I don't know what that um the lady's name is, but I hope she comes back for part three because we need it. Name's Laura. Laura. Laura Kaiser. If you're out there, get in yes. touch with me. I don't, I, I've called her and texted her many times, but nothing. If anybody knows her. <laughs> Watch, watch these movies, Territory 1 and 2, and you'll see why. Like, yeah, we need to get a hold of them. After you watch this episode as well, yeah, we need to get a hold of her to get a hold of him to get part three of this <laughs> and see what happens after. <clears throat> Do you have any, like, is there a, um, I'm trying to think how to ask this question. Is there, like, a, a dream actor or actress you would love to work with, indie or, like, a big name? Oh, there's lots. I actually used to keep a list. Um, I don't know who was on it. I mean, there's there's people, obviously, that, you know, Kurt Russell, you mm-hmm. know, being that, uh, I don't know if you can see my Thing poster behind me. Like, the John Carpenter's The Thing and uh, Aliens are my two favorite movies of all time. They're basically tied for number one perpetually. Mm-hmm. Uh, the You know, my next, like, the next, the other eight movies in my top ten list change, go up and down, you know, things like, I love Lost Boys. I love Tremors. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing and um, uh, Aliens will never will never move out of that slot, I doubt. But um, Kurt Russell is definitely one I'd love to work with. Um, Kevin Bacon, I've always, you know, enjoyed. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a lot of the people I grew up watching, you know, their movies, a lot yeah. of some of their movies, you know, would have been great to work with Michael J. Fox. You know, now I see him and I'm just like, man, I feel so bad for him. Yeah, that, that dude was awesome. Yeah, so, yes, he was. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a, there's a, there's a whole host, but it's never going to happen because SAG is crazy. You know, trying to actually go with I don't know if you know anything about shooting SAG, but you can't you can't do it on low on a low budget like the, you know on these tiny budgets that we work with. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I haven't shot a movie that costs more than fifty thousand. You know, Fear Clowns Two was my most expensive movie, and it was it was the budget was around it was close to fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. Every other movie has been, you know typically in the 20 to $25,000 range. Okay. But then, you know, the more recent ones, because, you know, distribution dried up so much since all the, the video stores disappeared, we had to spend less money to try to essentially, you know, have a chance at making money. Yeah. Like the first territory only cost, uh, like I said, under 10. 
And then the second territory was probably around 11,000, I guess. Wow. So those were both very, very cheap movies, but you know, they've done pretty well for us. Do you do um, like Indiegogo's and all that when you have no. films coming out? No, no, I've, I've thought about it. I did. I did one for Garden of Heden when we were um, <clears throat> basically in post-production. We were out of money at that point and I still had needed some money for some of the final stuff. So I think we raised like three or four thousand dollars in the end that helped us uh, do some of the final stuff that we needed. But mm-hmm. in general, I, I don't run them. I just uh, I paid for territory one and two myself. Um, other times I have gotten investors, you know, I had investors for hunting humans and fear of clowns. Okay. And then, um, fear of clowns two, I just took the money I made from fear of clowns one and made, you know, used it to, to shoot fear of clowns two, which ended up being a mistake because, <laughs> uh, cause by then distribution, you know, by the time I did fear of clowns two, I, I made it, that's one of the, the, the regrets of my life. When I look back when Lionsgate, uh, offered to pick up fear of clowns one, they said, we will, we will give you twice as much money as we're giving you for one. If you will deliver us. Fear Clowns 2 in the next two years. Mm. So I was like, wow, that's that's an interesting offer. I, I had no, I, at that point, I had no plans to do a Fear Clowns 2. So I thought about it, and then I thought, you know what? I think this movie's going to do well for them. So I'm going to just say no. I'll take the first, you know, the, the first one, and then I'll do the second one, and I'll make it much better than that first movie. And by then, they'll know how well part one did, and mm. they'll be forced to pay me more money because of that. Well, unfortunately, Lionsgate decided to get out of being a, a horror mini major and they started going off toward like hunger games and those sorts oh. of movies. So the, the big <clears throat> massive budget. So they lowballed us on fear clowns too. And also, you know, that's when blockbuster and Hollywood videos were drying up and disappearing. So mm. the whole distribution game was changing. So they didn't make a very serious offer to pick up fear clowns too, which is why I never ended up going with them on, on fear clowns too. Uh, what I should have done is like made some really shitty $5,000 fear clowns too, where she's just trapped in a house and that's mm-hmm. it. And just and then just take the rest of the money and go make another movie. That's what I should have done. But <laughs> living, I guess, right? Living, learn. And it did. I mean, at the good, the good thing with that though, is it didn't make you quit because again, stuff like that, people quit. People are just like you know what this is, this is yeah, for me. I, I love it, but it's just more stress than whatever, and they just give up. Right, it's, it's, all, all the time. But just you know, here and there, it's a bit of an addiction. It's a problem. It's once you like, it really is at a time like. Because even now, I'm, I'm, I'm getting pretty old. I'm getting, frankly, too old for the no-budget movie game, mm-hmm. um, which is why when Fair Clowns 3 sort of went away and I was like, well, we're not going to shoot it this year, a big part of me just breathes a sigh of relief, like, okay, I don't have to go out and kill myself to get this done because it is killing myself to, when you go out and have to do – because you don't have big crews. We don't – you know, it's yeah. very small. Many of those segments on Territory 1 and 2 – I had a crew of like three people. That's it. Three people. Wow. And uh, so what that means is half the time I'm, I'm carrying heavy objects into the woods, you know, a mm-hmm. mile into the woods. Cause I don't shoot in my backyard, like some low budget movies. I go deep in the woods. So to try to get the authentic wood experience, but uh, you go out there and then, you know, I've, I've walked that and my arms start shaking because of the exertion of doing that. But then I have to pick up the camera. Cause I'm the, I, you know, I DP the, uh, all the segments that I, I shot territory one and two, mm-hmm. so I have to pick up a camera and maneuver that and just focus and stuff, you know, with shaky hands. And it's, it's like, wow, this is, this is rough. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it's, it's getting to a point where I, you know, I sort of feel like I should give up, but there's always that part of me that goes, ah, you want to, you really do want to, you know, you really want to make this. I definitely want to finish that story, you know, even mm-hmm. though I finished it in the script. So my mind has that sort of closure the rest of me still wants that for everybody else. Like every, I want everybody else to see. I have dropped so many hints in territory two about what's going on that I want to pay. I want the payoff. You know, I want I want yeah. to show the payoff that that I set this stuff up and it wasn't all just an accident. You know, so uh, but whether I'll get to do that, who knows? <laughs> I freaking hope so. I got my fingers and toes crossed, man, because I really want to freaking see that. I really like <clears throat> people. You don't understand if you haven't seen territory one, go watch it. And then watch two as soon as you can. And you'll see why I'm like, I need this part three. The, between the way Territory 1 ends, and I don't know Territory 2 yet because I haven't watched it yet, but between the way that one ends alone, it's just like, I got to see more. I think, <laughs> I gotta, I think if, you, if you like one, you're going to like two. So I, I think everybody admits two is is far superior to one. So I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear that. It's definitely more cohesive because, you know, the first one was a matter of, you know, He'd asked me to do a segment. I came back, so I couldn't do it. But then later on, I came back in and said, all right, I can, I'll do one. Because at that point, I'd written Smiling Jack, 
uh, the segment of Smiling Jack with the pumpkin guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I shot that and nobody else had shot anything else. And that's when I said, you know what? I came up with the idea of the wraparound. So I said, I'll do the wraparound. So I went and did the wraparound and still nobody had done it. You know, the filmmakers, we had meetings with these filmmakers who were going to do their segments and stuff, but nobody had turned anything in at that point. So wow. I was like, all right, I guess I'll do a third segment. So I did another <laughs> segment and it just kept going like that. Um, and uh, eventually I ended up doing, you know, the 80% of it, but you know, right. I, I think it, it came out pretty well. I still enjoy, I still enjoy watching it. It's one of those movies that because it's so short and everything mm-hmm. moves kind of fast, I still don't have a problem watching it. We did two commentaries for a DVD that uh, I did a while back. And I mean, I, by the time the movie ends and I still have stuff to talk about, I'm like, ah, well, I guess maybe I'll try to cover that on the, on the, on the other commentary. <laughs> uh, now, can people still get the DVD, DVDs for your film? Yeah, yeah you can still. Uh, yeah, basically there. Uh, I used to own a comic book store. Most people know that. I had a comic book store for 18 years. Wow. Uh, so I'm a big comic nerd, too. So if you want to talk comics, I'm there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I, I sell them through the, my com- my comic store, even though I took it out of business, still has an online eBay presence. So if you type in, if you look for territory DVD on eBay, that'll be me. Right. Nobody else has them because they were, they were, we only did a run of like 500, I think. Okay. So that one wasn't limited. The territory two DVDs though, I only made a hundred of those. They were supposed to be a convention exclusive and I didn't quite sell out of them at that convention. So there's a few left, but there's not many of those left. So territory two is harder to do. I'm trying to get a, a a Blu-ray of both of them together. So basically a two-pack Ooh. Blu-ray of Territory 1 and Territory 2. I authored it. It's ready. But when I first priced it, it was reasonable. I could I could reasonably probably sell them for $18 to $20, you know, for the, mm-hmm. the double Blu-ray. You know, it would be two separate Blu-rays. Uh, but then when I went back after COVID hit and everything, and I was finally ready to do it, the quote they gave me was was astronomical. I was like, you know, for first, I'm not looking to print a ton of these. Like, if I want to print ten thousand, okay, it's fine. But I'm not, I'm not a studio like that. I'm only looking to print maybe five hundred to a thousand of them. It's expensive, so that that sort of stopped me at the time. And now, once I get uh, my book, you know, I have a book coming out next month, Ooh. and uh, a book of short stories. I, think I told you about that, right? No, but I'm um, I'm interested in hearing about that. Yeah, um, that's actually I, I'm super excited about that. It's because I'm a, I'm a massive Halloween fan. Um, anything Halloween. I always have been. So I had written a story um, that was very long, too long to submit to magazines and books and things like that. And I th- I was just going to put it in like a book of my short stories and other things I'd written over the years that you know were good. These were the later stories, not the early terrible ones. Mm-hmm. But I thought it really needs to be in a Halloween book. So I ended up getting some, uh, some other big name authors uh, into this book. So everybody submitted brand new short stories, all Halloween based, uh, and now it has 27 stories. One of them is mine. The other 26 are just very, very talented authors. Uh, oh. Halloween stories. I love my fact. Here. <clears throat> this is. Uh, can you see that? Yes. That's the cover. So that's it comes out Tuesday. So you can pre-order it on Amazon or whatever. And this is the other cover. There's actually a limited edition cover. You can only get through me. That's yeah. freaking awesome. I definitely got it. Oh, they're, they're really good, man. I'm biased, but they are. I was extremely, when I first set it up, I was like worried, like, what if I get stories that, you know, are no good? Because some of these authors are big name authors that when you invite them, they're invited. Like, so if they turn in a story and you don't happen to like it, it's too bad. You invited them and you can't say no now, but they were all good. I was so, ha- I was so, so relieved to, to get great stories from all of them. So. That's amazing. Congrats on that too. That's, that's Thanks. awesome. You're just doing all kinds of cool ass stuff. <laughs> In the horror realm, and I'm just like, damn. I try to stay busy. Damn, I'm a fan. I like, I loved. I really, again, really enjoyed the movie. Now I got to get the book. And <clears throat> when those Blu-rays come out, I got to get those too. <laughs> I know I'm speaking it into existence. I'm that type of person, but it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. One way. I think or it is. Once, once I'm free of, uh, once I'm north of this book and all the promotion that's going on, especially in the next, the next month and a half, to be very busy for me in promotion of this book. But uh, once I'm free of that, my next thing is to go back and look at these Blu-rays and see if I can't make it happen. Because I'll tell you, the making of alone of Territory Two mm-hmm. is worth is worth the price. Territory Two has some of the most amazing making of footage you'll ever see. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Some of the stuff that happened in Territory Two. I cannot freaking <laughs> wait, man! I cannot wait. And <clears throat> be honest with you, if I didn't have to get up for work in the morning i'd be watching that tonight <laughs> but it's one of the things you don't want you know what i mean you don't want to fall asleep during a movie you've never seen before 
Right. It's one thing if you just throw something on just to kind of relax. Like, let me just throw this on. I'm just laying down relaxing anyway. But when you've never seen it before, it's like, no, I got I to gotta be alert and awake. So I'll probably be watching that tomorrow, to be honest with you, at some point tomorrow. Nice. Yeah, let me, hit me, up, let me know what you thought. Definitely will. Definitely, definitely, definitely will. <laughs> and I'm going to go through your other horror movies, too. Good and bad. <laughs> I'll, 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 I, like I, I said, if you're in fear of, fear of clowns and you get bored, just start fast-forwarding until you see a movie theater. That's that's where you go. That's where that's you start. Where you <laughs> Again, I just love it. It's so funny that you say that. I love that you say that. Before we, excuse me, before we wrap this one up, can you just tell the awesome people out there where they can find you? And I do have your links in the description as well as I did pin them to the comments. People, go check it out. Uh, you can, KangasConFilms.com uh, is my regular website. Uh, KKPublish.com is for the book stuff. Um, you can find me on Twitter under KangasConFilms, I think. And then, uh, where else am I? IG. What's that? Instagram. Yes, I'm on Instagram. I'm also under, I think I'm Kangaskhan Films there too. I don't know. If you search for Kevin Kangas on Google, you'll see, you'll you'll probably see most of my links. Yeah. The, uh, like I said, if you go to, there's an easy way to find all my movies on Tubi. I actually have a, like a bit.ly slash KKF2B. That'll show you, that literally takes you to the search that, pops up all my movies on Tubi. You can just add them to your watch list or you can just put you search, search for my name. You'll find it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not hard to find me. I'm, uh, I'm pretty accessible, probably too accessible. <laughs> I hear you there, man. I try to be less accessible. Just because, like, you know, I'd like to be, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. You want to sit back sometimes. I had a great time with you on this though, man. Definitely want to do this again in the near future. Sure. Yeah. I appreciate you having me on. <laughs> And, and by the way, have you done like 400 and some episodes? Am I crazy? Or like, like no, I was, no, I really have. That is crazy. <laughs> I, really I was looking at that going, holy shit. That, yeah, that's going, a lot. That's a lot of dedication there yourself. 400 and some episodes. I started this, um, actually this, this coming January, January 1st will be six years. That I dropped my very first episode. And basically I just love talking horror. Like I was telling you, I started when I was a kid at five years old. And at first, I was just reviewing with people that I personally knew around, you know, my cousins, my brother, and friends just that would come over and hang out or go to them, hang out, and kind of record. And then it kind of panned out to recording and reviewing movies with people that I just did from horror groups to the indie stuff. And just, I just love it, man. Like, I love talking horror. And it's just, it's crazy and it's amazing how, like, if you're looking at horror from the outside, you think it's just violent, crazy, gory, disgusting stuff. But then you look at the fans of it, and some of those fans are the nicest freaking people in the world. Yeah. I'm like, people will judge you from the outside. Like, How do you watch this? Gore, blah, 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 blah. But it's like, these people are the nicest people in the world. Like, you watch their films. You go to the cons. And, like, at the cons, I love how everything at the doorway, any type of uncomfortability, any type of issue, whatever it is, whether it be race, gender, all that stuff, I feel like anything's just dropped at the door. You go in there. <clears throat> and me, personally, I also feel at a horror convention, everybody at a horror convention, I feel like it's a fan. At least, even if they're just like kind of like a mid-level fan or a light fan, versus a Comic Con, <clears throat> I'm not saying that people aren't not fans there, but I do feel like that's more so of a you go there because your kids are fans. Not saying that it's always, or your significant other's a fan, you're bringing your significant other type of deal. Again, not always, but I feel like with horror, it's I feel like it's a higher percentage. I mean, I say 100, but it's a higher percentage than much higher. They're, they're way less judgmental. They're, yes. they're just not very judgmental people. They're open to you know they're they're willing to embrace everybody that's sort of that's the whole you know a lot of the joe bob briggs darcy thing is you know it's the the mutant family that they've got going mm-hmm. you know that's they're, they're they're all I, I i would trust horror fans much quicker than i would trust say your average churchgoer so yeah <clears throat> yeah because either way they make like, listen i got your back man i don't know what's going on i'm gonna tell you the truth i'm gonna tell you how i feel about it mm-hmm. and i'm not gonna judge you that's the biggest mm-hmm. thing is i'm not gonna judge you even if you like this terrible, terrible movie, because this movie over here, that's God, exactly. awful. I love it. Because odds are, you know, that you probably like a terrible movie also. So, I mean, you yeah. know, it's not like. <laughs> yes. And another thing, too, what I love about cons and like the B movies and then like even lower than B, I don't know what you'd call those. It's when you bring up one of those movies like Thanksgiving. I made a good friend to this. Like we've been friends since that day. <laughs> and uh, we were at a con up here in Albany and Robert England was here. So I met him and I was here helping a friend because he had a table and this guy, I met him because we had VIP tickets, me and the wife. Well, I had a t- ticket to go help my friend, but I got a VIP ticket for the wife 
And so we're, you know, I'm waiting in line with her, talking, talking. We start, and I started talking to him. I was like, "Have you ever seen Thanks Killing?" Just had a conversation from there, talking, exchange information, and all this stuff. Come to find out, we met me and my brother. Met him at another con. Well, kind of met him at another con because he had like a um a gremlin he would have in like a baby carrier that he'd carry on his chest. Hey, can we take a picture with you? This and we have pictures. Didn't know each other. Nothing for like a couple, two to three years later, and now all of us are good friends. Nice. <laughs> but i but i love how that kind of works with horror it's just and i love how i'll say at least with my horror friend group we all yes we'll talk about the big hollywood movies of course of course of course but we're always digging in the crates for something like yo have you seen this before like i always try to get my guy matt with that and he's all and i'm always cussing him out because he's seen every damn thing in the world I feel. <laughs> but it's, it's it's just one of those things and that's another thing with the horror is you can really really dig deep in the crates of just some obscure shit and just like, wow, this is weird <laughs> and amazing. I love it. Like Society. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Mm-hmm. I yeah, really Brian enjoyed Gibson. that. Yeah. Weird-ass movie. Weird. Shunting. If you don't know what shunting is, just watch Society. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. And shout out to Mick Manhattan, because he's the one who told me to watch that movie, and all he said was shunting. And that's what I'm saying to you guys. <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you what it is. Just watch that freaking movie. It is some weird, funny crazy sick amazing fun it's just one of those well screaming screaming mad george did the uh the special effects for that movie and that dude was that dude was top notch he did some amazing bizarre he's a he's a weird guy but he's he definitely brought uh he brought his weird imagination to all the stuff he did so oh you have to oh my gosh for a movie like that you have to go like it with where they went they had to do that yeah. there's no way if that guy didn't do those special effects there's no way that movie would have worked <laughs> Like with bad special effects, that movie would have been terrible. You wouldn't even want to watch it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, but then with such good special effects, like, this is disgusting. Why the hell am I? <laughs> Why am I watching? This? <laughs> Why am I liking this? <laughs> you can't turn away. You can't turn it off. So, yep. yes, go check that movie out. But first, go check out Kevin's movies because yeah, check out territory. And you should check out Blood Diner. See if your buddy uh, Matt has seen that. And if not, Blood Diner. I will. Diner. Yeah, see, look that up. See if that's on Tubi. I'm not sure if it is, but uh, my, a buddy of mine who we have Friday funds sometimes where we get together and he just shows us, you know, whatever movie hit, hits the thing. He showed us Blood Diner one time and I was like, oh my God, how have I never seen this movie? <laughs> I'm definitely going to, I'm going to find it. Yeah. I'm going to find it. I appreciate that, man. It's a pretty well-known 80s uh, kind of schlocky, schlocky movie, but it, it is, it is bad. It's fun, bad. Blood <laughs> the cover kind of looks familiar, but I don't know if I've seen it because there's just, you see, once you, once you see a certain horror covers that are similar to that, you just feel like you've seen them all. So it's like, right. maybe. <laughs> but you got to watch the movie and you're just like, I still don't know. Until something crazy happens. You're like, oh, no, I've never seen this. Or yeah, I remember this movie. Nice. <clears throat> but again, people, go check out Kevin everywhere. His links are in the description as well as in the comments. You guys have a great night. I greatly appreciate you all. Thank you for stopping by. See you in your nightmares. And peace.